0: Hello, sweet friend. Welcome back to the podcast. I am coming at you live from my car today. Sometimes there are no quiet places to record these episodes in the house. And the only place that I have that is silent is my car. And I will go drive somewhere and find somewhere pretty to park because I need a good view while I'm chatting with you, you know, for the inspiration. And I'll record away. So I am now parks in front of what could be described as a small pond (laughs) and i'm gonna try and knock out a few episodes And I say a few episodes because I feel like I've had so many ideas buzzing around my head these last few days. Like, I feel like I have a million different episode ideas that I want to record, and I just want to, like, get them all done at once before they leave my brain. When I get a burst of inspiration, like, I have to act on it immediately because otherwise it'll leave. Like, if I have a really good idea and don't, like, create that good idea while I have it, the next day it just, it won't work. I The idea will... It'll, it won't disappear, but it won't make sense to me anymore. So I gotta act on things when I feel the inspiration. Which side note on that, if you are a creative person, if you, I mean, really do anything that is creative, I read this book a couple years ago. It's called Big Magic, I believe. It has like pretty colors on the cover. I think it's called Big Magic, something like that. I feel like the author's name is Liz. Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) But this book is really really good and it talks about the the gift of these sudden bursts of inspiration that we receive as creatives and how it's oh it's going to be so hard to explain just go read the book it has completely changed my perspective on like when I get these bursts of creativity and inspiration, like where they are coming from and like the importance for me to act on them immediately and not kind of push them aside and like really start to tune in and listen to that very creative voice inside my head. And the more energy you give to that voice, the more she's going to provide for you and the more like inspiration you are going and And just go read the book. It's fantastic. I'm going to butcher it. But anyways, I don't even know how I got into that topic. What was I talking? Oh yeah. So I've been very creative the last few days. So I've been trying to, you know, knock out a lot of podcasts and knock out lots of content and stuff so I can create a good backlog of some, some really high quality stuff for you. And I feel like this burst of inspiration came on the other side of a huge weight being lifted off my shoulders. I feel like well, not I feel like, if you've been following along kind of for the last month or so, you know, I've been struggling a pretty good bit with just not feeling great. I was having a ton of detox symptoms. I had very low energy. I had a pretty crappy period the cycle. Like, I just felt like crap, to be honest. And a lot of that I realized was not really a physical issue that was going on in my body. It was an emotional issue that was going on. I was dealing with a lot of heavy emotions and some not-so-fun things that I was having to work through and process. And on um, Saturday, the a big piece of that emotional weight was healed and solved and kind of lifted off of me. And I have just felt this huge weight off my shoulders. And because of that, this huge new, like this newfound energy and creativity and lightness. And it just, it feels so good. It's crazy how much our emotions can affect us physically. Like when you are in a bad emotional place, you will literally feel unwell. You will feel sick from the impact those emotions are having on you. And so it just feels so good to feel healthy and energized and motivated and excited again. So all that to say, I got some pretty awesome podcasts coming up for you. The one that I'm going to talk about today is something that I was just thinking this morning while I was making breakfast, because I was making, let me tell you what I was making. I just posted it on my Instagram story. I made this most delicious little quilt because... Wow, I feel like I'm so scattered right now. Let me start from the beginning. I have been trying to, um, not trying to, but like an intention of mine lately has been to really find little ways to love on Jesse very well. And my love language is acts of service. And so the way that I love on people is through acts of service. And one way I love to do that is when he, in the mornings he goes to train for his Ultraman and he'll usually have like a two or three hour training session, like first thing in the morning. And so when he comes home from that, obviously he is very hungry and tired and, but he doesn't really have time to rest. You know, he needs to get ready and go off to work. And so making him, putting in that extra effort and time to not just make him breakfast in the morning, but make him like a really special nourishing breakfast that's going to bring him joy has been a really fun way for me to love on him lately. So this morning I had an apple that was going to go bad soon that we weren't eating. And so I was like, what can I make with this apple? And I took it and I chopped it up and diced it And I peeled it, and that, peeling it, remember that, because that'll be the purpose of this episode today. But I peeled the apple, and then I um, put it on the stove with some butter in a pan, and some cinnamon, and clove. And I mixed that all up and got the, the apple nice and warm. And then I put in some maple syrup, and it all caramelized. And then I put it over Greek yogurt. So it was like this delicious, warm, buttery, apple- cinnamon mixture over some Greek yogurt. Delicious. He loved it. It is like my new favorite thing now. Uh, Anyways, when I was peeling the apple, I was thinking about the fact that I have all these random little things that I do to reduce my toxic load in my life. And I've just kind of developed these little subconscious habits over the last few years. And I realized I have a lot of them that kind of come naturally to me, like things that I do just like, oh, duh, of course I'm going to do that, you know, little ways to reduce toxic load. But obviously those things at once did not come naturally to me and I've developed them over a long time. So I thought it would be fun to do an episode on little hacks that you can do to reduce your toxic load, not things that are like, Oh, go buy a whole house filter for your water. Oh, go throw out all of the products in your home and replace them. Not big things like that, but little tiny changes that I've made in my life that can really have a profound impact on my toxic load. When I'm talking about toxic load, I mean like the my exposure to pesticides, my exposure to hormone disruptive chemicals, all of these kinds of things that are bringing toxins into our body and really negative impact, negatively impacting our health. Obviously, we cannot remove all of those things from our life. That is impossible and that is going to make you go crazy, but there are so many small ways we can reduce our toxic load. And so today's episode is going to be on a few, I don't have a number, maybe seven <laughs> ways that I reduce my toxic load in my life. So let's dive into it. <laughs> Welcome to the Intentional Health Podcast, a space for women to be empowered with the real, no-BS truth about their health. But to be honest, this podcast goes far beyond physical health. Join me each week as I share stories, science, and thoughts with you on everything surrounding womanhood. You can pretend we're just two girlfriends chatting over some homemade mocktails or a warm glass of raw milk, because that's how I want these conversations to feel. I'm not about formalities. I share the details no one wants to say out loud and answer the questions we've all secretly been asking. So welcome, friend. I'm so glad that you're here. So one of the first ways that I reduce my toxic load, which I just touched on, is all of my vegetables and most of my fruits I will peel. And that is because obviously our fruits and our vegetables are sprayed with harmful pesticides, things like that, and we don't Have much control over that, even when we aren't buying organic produce. That organic does not equal no pesticides, it just equals safer pesticides. And so, a really easy way to just immediately reduce the pesticides that we're being exposed to is to remove the outside of whatever we are eating, where most of the toxins are going to lay. And yes, of course, a lot of fruits and vegetables are porous, I know that. But when we are removing the outside of it, you're already going to take away a lot of where those toxins would be sitting. So my carrots, my apples, my cucumbers, all of these things, I will peel the outer layer with lettuce. I'll always take out the, like, the outer shell of the leaves and I won't use those and I'll put them in the compost. Um, but I just have a habit of peeling all of my fruits and veggies. I also tends to not buy any non-organic produce that doesn't have a peel or that is porous. So I will buy a non-organic orange because I know I can take that peel off, but I would not buy non-organic berries, for example, or tomatoes because you can't really, I mean, you could peel a tomato, but especially a berry, you're not really going to be able to peel a berry. And so the When there are more harmful pesticides being used, as in on non-organic fruits and vegetables, I will not buy anything that does not have a peel. Um, But when there is something that is organic, I will still do my best to peel it and remove that outer layer. I feel like this is a much simpler option to immediately reducing your pesticide exposure than like, oh, I'm going to only go buy local fruit that was grown by my next door neighbor, or I am just not going to eat any fruits fruits or vegetables that I could not find locally and organically. And it's like, that stuff can be really overwhelming when you have a million things in your mind and the chaos, going through the chaos of daily life. But a simple thing like, okay, let's just peel it. Let's just not by the ones that can't be peeled. I think that can be a really great first step to significant, significantly improve the pesticides that you are being, you're not being exposed to. You know what I'm trying to say? Number two, I do not drink water that comes from outside of my house. I don't drink water outside of my house. So for example, if Jesse and I are eating out, I'm not going to go to the soda fountain and fill myself up a cup of water. I'm just not going to drink that water. I don't know. They're definitely not filtering that water. You don't know what kinds of crap are inside that machine. I don't know if you've ever seen that video of someone that took literally just a cup of water from one of the soda machines and then just let it sit out for a few days and the water literally started growing mold because there's so many mold toxins in those water machines because they don't clean them ever. They probably do, but not properly. <laughs> and so I just don't want to expose myself to unknown toxins and chemicals that I don't need to. I will keep a water bottle in my car, like a reusable water bottle with water from my house. And I will drink that when I'm on the go. I will make sure that I am hydrated before I go somewhere so that I am not just drinking tons of crappy unfiltered water. If I'm not going to drink unfiltered water at home, I'm surely not going to go drink it somewhere else. And so that has become a habit that I have really tried to work on over the last few months. And it's really just become second nature for me now. Like I don't even think to grab or get a cup of water at a restaurant or whatever it is. is. I'll If I'm at a restaurant where, you know, we're going to be there for like an hour or two, I'll usually get a cup of water and I'll take a few sips of whatever I need. But I'm not going to like down a whole cup of water from a restaurant because I just don't want to do that. Water is one of the easiest ways for a crap ton of heavy metals and toxins and pesticides to enter our body. And water is also something we obviously consume in large amounts every single day, we need it to survive. And so if you can reduce the toxins that are entering your body through your water, you're already going to have a significant impact on your toxic load. So I only drink water that has come from my house that I have filtered myself. And speaking of water, this takes me to my new point, which is that I don't really drink coffee that I have not made in my house. And this is for a couple of reasons. First of all, coffee that you get at a coffee shop is made with water. And if you're getting a whole cup of coffee every single day at the coffee shop, you're getting a whole cup of water. That was likely not filtered and filled with a lot of crap, but then also they're making that with the coffee beans that are going to likely be higher in mold toxins, the coffee beans that were sprayed in pesticides. You don't know what coffee beans they're using, and so you don't really know what is on those things. And then on top of that, you're then also getting a highly pasteurized, probably not the best quality milk. And... When I Now, like, saying these things out loud, I probably sound like a crazy person because it's like, oh my gosh, Kylie, you can't avoid every single toxin. And I know, I don't worry about this stuff much when I, like, eat out now and then, but a coffee is something you drink every single day. And so if I have the option to make a coffee at home with my mold-free coffee beans and my filtered water and my high-quality raw milk, I am much rather going to take... 10 minutes extra to do that than to go get a cup of coffee at the coffee shop down the road now i do love my coffee dates with jesse once a week you know on a saturday morning we'll go to um a local coffee shop and i'll probably bring my own raw milk and i'll still get their espresso shots but i'm not doing that every single day and another reason for that is also the cup that they're putting it in is a plastic lined cup and when you are putting hot beverages In a cup that is lined in plastic, you are going to get a lot of microplastics that are leaching out of that and going into your system. So now you're getting unfiltered water, microplastics, moldy coffee, and ultra-pasteurized milk that your gut's not going to love. I just don't want to be drinking that every single day. You know, I'll drink it every once in a while as a treat, but that is not something I want to consume every day. And so a way that I reduce my toxic load is to make my coffee at home. And that leads me to my next, next point, which is that in general, I have a rule where I don't, I try best not to, this is not something that I never do because I don't think that's realistic, but I try best, my best to be conscious not to get hot foods and hot beverages in a to-go container, basically. Like I don't want to get a hot beverage in a plastic cup or a plastic lined cup. I don't want to get a hot soup in a plastic to go bowl. I when I'm getting food if I'm eating out or drinking out or whatever it is, I will eat there so that they're going to put my food in a real glass bowl rather than just taking it to go and then putting it in plastic because when you're putting heat on plastic it's going to re- you're going to get a lot more of those microplastics in your food, in your drink, than if it was just something cold or something at room temperature. So I try to avoid hot foods and hot beverages, put into go containers that are going to be lined in plastic so that I am not getting a bunch of microplastics in my body. Obviously, that's not, that's something that I'm not going to be able to avoid all the time. And when it does happen, I don't stress about it. I, I don't care. Because I know I'm doing my best in so many other categories. And again, it's not about perfection. It's not about completely removing toxins from your life. It's just about reducing your exposure and being conscious where you can. And once you're doing your best, don't stress about the rest. The stress of it is going to make you feel a lot worse than the toxins actually will to your body. And so I'm a huge, like I always, always preach, you know, Do your best and then forget about the rest. Don't make yourself sick over it. But again, that is something that I have gotten into the habit of. Another hack that I have for reducing your toxic load is to wear natural fiber clothing when you are sweating. I know that it is very expensive and not really realistic to just suddenly make your entire wardrobe natural fibers. Like, that's going to cost a lot of money. But when our body is most susceptible to absorbing the crappy things that we don't want to be absorbing in synthetic fiber clothing, aka when we are sweating and our pores are very wide open, it would be good to make the switch to at least a natural fiber underwear, a natural fiber bra, maybe some shorts or a shirt. I do this for the most part when I'm working out, and I do this especially, especially when I am in the sauna. I will have an organic cotton underwear, some cheap cotton shorts, and I have this bra right now that I got from Branwin. I don't know how it's B-R-A- and WYN. And they have merino wool bras that are actually phenomenal for working out in. Um, so I'll usually wear that and like some cotton undies and cotton shorts. And I'll work out in that. I'll go in the sauna in that. Honestly, sometimes half the time I still have a synthetic fiber bra when I'm working out, but I'll switch into a cotton bra or a... Um, the merino wool bra when I go into the sauna, when I'm like really going to have those pores open. But if I'm like, that's when I'm like lifting. If I'm going on a run or something, 100% natural fibers. Are most of the clothes that I wear on a daily basis natural fibers? No. (laughs) But I try to at least make that conscious choice when I'm sweating and my body is in a more vulnerable state. Some great natural fiber clothing brands and then also natural fiber um, underwear and bra companies are um, packed. They have great undies, great clothes, all the things. Um, Keens K- Q U I N C E. I can't like spell that in my head. Um, also, great options, and they are also very affordable. Keens is very affordable. I'll link all of these in the show notes. But um, another one is Brandwin. They have the bras and undies. Um, what is it called? HooHa, like H U H A. I think is the brand. It, they have Underwear and bras as well. Um, what are some other good brands? If this is much more expensive, but Dish D I S S H has beautiful like linen and cotton clothing. I also just got some organic cotton underwear from Subset and I like those as well. I don't like their bras, I don't think they're flattering at all, but I did like their underwear a lot. So those are some good options. The next thing on this list is that I, wherever possible, will swap scented products for unscented products. If I always buy that one scented hand soap, next time I'm going to buy the unscented hand soap. If I normally get the scented laundry detergent, next time I'm going to get the unscented laundry detergent. I'm not completely changing what I'm getting. I'm just changing the type of thing that I'm getting. You don't need to switch to other brands. You don't need, just start by switching to the unscented version of, what, of whatever you're getting. And reducing your exposure to those synthetic fragrances is going to be huge for your hormone health. Now, this is different if things are scented naturally, like if they're just scented with herbs or with some safe, high quality essential oils, that's much different. But when it's with for with synthetic fragrances, if if on the ingredient list, it says the word fragrance. It doesn't tell you what the fragrance actually is. It's going to be a synthetic fragrance. That is not going to be great for you. If it says perfume, anything like that, run away from those and opt for the unscented option or for the naturally scented options. So that is a really easy, quick way to reduce your toxic load. Swap from scented to unscented. Next on this list This is not just a quick hack. This is definitely a pricier, longer term swap, but I wanted to add this in here because I think it's really, really important. One of the biggest sources of microplastics and all those toxins going into our body is from the things that we use, the things that come in contact with our food. So your plastic cutting board needs to go in the garbage the amount, think about it, you're using a knife, you're, you're cutting on this piece of plastic and your food is directly on it. That's not a great idea. So swapping a plastic cutting board for a wooden one is a great first swap, but in general, the plastic things in your kitchen, especially the ones that come in contact with heat, like your plastic spatulas, your Tupperwares, all those different things, make the swap, make the slow transition to glass. Do it with one Tupperware a week or one spatula a week, but really try to make the switch in your kitchen from plastic to wood or glass. So, like, I have wood spatulas, I have glass Tupperwares, I have a wooden cutting board. My baking dishes are all um, glass or ceramic. Um, yeah, just make, try to make that swap wherever you can. Uh, last thing on this list is tea bags. Most of us, or some of us, drink tea very frequently. And the bags, little tea bags that your herbs are in, sorry to tell you, are filled <laughs> with microplastics. And when you are putting that in boiling hot water, you know, it's not not the greatest option. We go from having this thing that is supposed to be really healthy for us, this wonderful herbal tea, to then this thing that is suddenly really increasing our toxic load because it is filling that tea with microplastics. And a great swap is just to get the loose leaf version of that tea. You can go, I literally went on Amazon and I got like raspberry leaf tea is something that I drink often for my period and my luteal phase. Went on Amazon, I got like this giant bag of loose leaf raspberry leaves. I think it was like $17 on Amazon. And I just, use that now. I don't even use the, that little like metal ball steeper thing. I literally just like steep the tea in like a glass container with the loose leaves in there and then I strain it out into my mug. It's not, not efficient, but, <laughs> but it works. You can totally get one of those glass little st- or the metal steeper balls if you want. Do it however you want. But removing tea bags and switching to loose leaf tea, if you are a frequent tea drinker, is a very easy, important way to reduce your toxic load. So there you have it. Those are, I have literally no idea what the amount of number of things that I just said, but I think that was like seven. There are your somewhat around number seven things to reduce your toxic load. I really, really hope that was helpful for you. I hope that made you feel a little less overwhelmed about this whole idea of removing toxins from our life. Because remember, the goal is not to be perfect. The goal is just to do the best that we can with what we have. Start being more intentional. Start making those small but profound changes. And then forget about the rest. Just do your best. I hope this episode at least made you think of things that you would not have thought of before and gave you some ideas of ways that you can reduce toxic load in your life. If you thought this episode was helpful, I would love if you would share it on social media or share it with your best friend that needs to hear this and leave me a review if you have the extra 30 seconds to do so. It helps this podcast grow and it helps other people get to hear these messages. So until next time, I hope you make this week a wonderful one and I hope it is filled with all the goodness and growth and joy that you need. I'm rooting for you.